Hey everyone, thanks for checking out Limitless Podcast. We are the young adult community of House of Prayer Church in San Antonio, Texas. Our hope and our prayer is that through this message, you will be encouraged and inspired to know Jesus more, no matter where you are on your faith journey. Enjoy the message. So last week we began a series, does anybody know the title of it, the title of the series that we're in? <laughs> you got it. Got it. Gabby got it. She was, she was a little shaky there, but she got it. Um, relationship over religion. We just began a series last week called Relationship Over Religion. And uh, today I want to talk to you all on the topic of God's greatest desire. That's the title of today's message, God's greatest desire. What is God's greatest desire? Uh, you know, all of us have all sorts of desires, right? As human beings, we have good desires, we have bad desires, we have evil desires, um, but if you think about it, does God have desires? I know we, we read last week in the passage I, I showed you all that God has no needs, but does he have desires? And if so, what are they? Um, so I want to answer that question, and yes, he does have desires, and we, we all want to answer the question of what is God's greatest desire. Um, but last week, I spoke a message um, title. Does anybody know the title of last week's message? Y'all were kind of shaky on the series, so I don't even know if y'all even know the message. Um, it, it was called uh, Please Hold, and we, we, uh, I brought a message talking about how uh, a lot of times we could put God on hold, like the way sometimes we could get put on, on hold on a phone call or something, and uh, a lot of times we think we're waiting on God, but he's really waiting on us because we have him on hold, and, and I asked the question, is your relationship with God on hold and I talked about three different points about our relationship with God. Uh, the first one is he's available to us. The second point was he's calling us. And the third thing was that he's faithful to us. So if you did not hear that message, you could go on to our podcast. We have our messages every week on our podcast. Uh, you could look us up. Um, but today I want to talk about God's greatest desire. And we're talking about relationship over religion. Um, but when you have a relationship with somebody... We've all been in relationships, right? We're, we all have relationships around us, uh, parents, uh, siblings, different, different relationships, friendships. But when you're in a relationship with someone, it's important um, to progress that relationship. It's important to know that person's needs and also desires, all right, as a friend to them, being in that relationship. Now, what is God's greatest desire? We're going to get to that uh, answer in a moment. Uh, but there's three points that I want to talk about today that we must understand in order to understand God's greatest desire. Are y'all ready? So the first point I want to give y'all guys tonight um, is God made me from him. All right? God made me, God made you from him or out of him. If you think about that, he made us out of himself. Okay, and I'm going to really hammer down this point just to, to get it across. But an important truth that we have to know um, to be able to understand the rest of this message. Okay, an important truth that we have to understand is when God created something or when God wanted something, he spoke to whatever it was that he wanted that thing to come out of. I know that kind of sounds confusing. Okay, but so I'm going to explain that to you. So when God wanted something he spoke to whatever it was that he wanted it to come from. He spoke it out of that thing, okay? Um, for, for an example, when you're a young kid and you wanted something, you had a desire, uh, 
who did you go to to get it? You went to mom and dad, right? Because <laughs> you knew that you weren't getting that thing. Yeah, they were the way to get that thing that you wanted, right? You weren't going to get it any other way. Um, so you went and spoke to your mom or your dad about that thing so that they could give it to you because you knew it comes from them, right? Money came out of their pockets. Um, so that's what God did is, is uh, during the six days of creation, because God created this world, this universe in six days. And God, here's the thing to understand is that um, when God wanted to make something, he would speak to something and say, let it come forth or let it produce. And he would speak to that thing. Um, and, and here's the important thing is he wanted, he spoke to that thing for it to come out of, for it to be sustained by it, and for it to return to it. Okay? So I'm going to explain that more in a moment. But during the six days of creation, it's important to understand that God created some things. Okay? And God also made some things. I want you to stay with me, okay, because we're talking about God's greatest desire. So God created some things, and there were some things that God also made. Now, what is the difference? There's a difference between, between the two, because this word create, we, uh, we throw it around a lot. Um, I know there's people in this church that, that are creative people, and they, they have, um, they're just creative people. I, I like to look at myself as uh, somebody who's creative. I like to do uh, graphic design. I like to do artwork, things like that. I like music. Um, but according to the English definition of the word, we do create some things, okay? But according to the, the biblical uh, study or the theological definition of this word create, we can't create. We don't create. We can only make, okay? Now, according to the theological or the biblical study of the word create, what it means is that you form something out of nothing, all right? That's what the word create means according to theological definition. So we can only make things. We can't create anything, right? You can't say, let there be a chair, right? <laughs> and make it. No. Uh, but that's what God said. God said, let there be light. And there was light. So that's what he, he created light. But he didn't say that to everything. He, he, some things he spoke to rather than just saying, let there be. Um, but in order to make something, uh, to make something is to form something out of something, okay? Like if you make a vase, you make it out of clay, right? If you make a chair, you make it out of wood, so on and so forth. Uh, and that's all really we do. Uh, I remember in high school, I ha uh, how many of you in, in high school, your favorite class was wood shop? Anybody, any of the guys, any of the fellas? No? You didn't like wood shop? What? I guess I'm the only one. I, like, I loved wood shop. I don't know if you took it. Or art. Anybody like art? Those are like the fun classes, right? Like you could just, those are the classes you just get to knock off in and just whatever and play around. Um, I remember in high school, I, I loved wood shop, and I, I made a lot of things. I, I, um, I, made, um, uh, I made a really cool stool. I, I, I made uh, wooden shelves. There's a lot of, I don't remember. It was a long time ago. It was like over 15 years ago. Um, I know I don't look that old, but I, I'm pretty old, guys. Um, but my mom j uh, just told me not too long ago, she said, you know that stool you made? She's like, your dad still uses that thing. I'm like, really? Wow, okay, that's awesome. And that was like over 15 years ago, but he still uses that wooden stool that I made in wood shop. I guess he uses it to sit down and put on his shoes. So, um, but I didn't create it, okay? I made it. I, I didn't say, let there be a stool, and it was there. No, I had to make it out of wood, all right? So again, when God make, made some things, he spoke to whatever it was that he wanted that thing to come from, to be sustained by, and to return Two. Okay, so let's read a scripture real quick. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. 
Okay, and, and this is uh, in creation when he was creating. Then God said, let the land. Okay, so he's not, he's not saying let there be light. He's talking to something. He's talking to the land. Let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. So notice he spoke to the land, or another transition says he spoke to the earth, um, land or the earth, to make trees. So he didn't say, let there be trees. He said, let the land produce trees, produce plants, produce herbs, different things like that, produce fruits, veggies, okay? So what God designed was for trees, plants, herbs, all those things to come from dirt, be sustained by dirt, and to return to dirt. Are y'all with me? Did I lose y'all guys already? <laughs> uh, but I, I'm gonna, I have a point to this, okay? Why is this even important, you might ask. So why is it important? It's important. This is why it's important, because when God wanted man, he spoke to himself. He said, let us. In verse 26, we're going to read it, but he says, let us create man, or let us make man, I mean. Okay, and it says in verse Genesis 1, um, 126, and it says in verse 27 too, it says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Remember the first point, he made us like him, or he made us from him. Then God said, let us make human beings. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the uh, livestock and all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Um, so here's why it's important. Because we came from God, we're sustained by God, and we're gonna go back to God. And you might think, hey, Stephen, what, what, what do you mean we came from God? What do you, what do you mean? Did, weren't we made from dirt? You might have that thought, right? Here's the thing. No, our bodies were made from dirt. They're sustained by dirt, and they'll one day return to dirt, right? But our spirits came from God. They're only sustained by God, and they're going to one day return to God. Are y'all hearing me? This is, this is super important to understand. We can only be, be uh, sustained by God. So you got to think about it. Your body, it's sustained by fruits, right? Vegetables, ice cream. <laughs> I love ice cream. That's my weakness. Um, man, birthday parties are the worst. You go to somebody's birthday party and you can't resist, right? You can't say no to ice cream, right? That, that, that's my weakness right there. But, um, but fruits, they come out of the ground, right? Veggies, they come out of the dirt, out of the ground. That's, how, that's what we're sustained by. Human beings are sustained by that because that's what our bodies came from, all right? And they're going to go back to um, ice cream. This is the way I look at it, all right? Cows eat grass. Milk comes from cows, and ice cream is made from milk, right? So it's, it's, it's healthy for you, ice cream. No, I'm joking. Um, but what would happen if a plant, all right, a plant just turned one day to the dirt and looked over at the dirt and said, it's been fun, buddy, but I'm pulling out. I'm going to make it on my own. What will happen to that plant? 
it'll die, right? It, doesn't, it wouldn't last too long, right? You could put it in a vase with water or whatever, but it would die in a, in a few short days. Here, here's what man said to God. I'm pulling out. I'm going to make it on my own. That's what happened when Adam chose, Adam and Eve chose to go to the tree uh, and eat the fruit that God commanded them not to eat. And that's what they were saying. They are saying, God, I'm pulling away. I'm going to make this life on my own. And God said, the day that you do that, you will die. And some people might think they read Genesis and they're like, hey, but they didn't die. No, here's the thing. Their bodies didn't die because their bodies are sustained by the ground, right? But their spirits, right then and there, when they, they disobeyed God, their spirits died because they're from God. So this is something that's important to understand. Ephesians 2.1 says this. It says, once you were dead, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. So this is the important thing to understand. It, it, Jesus came to make us alive. Our spirits were dead. Some of us, we still might be dead, right? Our spirits still might be dead. So you're in a, in a, a great place tonight. Uh, but John 10.10 10 says this, New King James Version. It says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come, this is Jesus talking, that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. A lot of times we read that scripture and someone's taking up offering and all you'd hear is the more abundantly part, right? But the first part's the more important part is I came that they may have life. Before Jesus, we were dead. <laughs> we needed life and that's why he came so that our spirits could come back to life because they were dead. Y'all are hearing me, right? So it's, this is very important. Um, that's John 10, 10. So that's, that's the first point is, is God made us out of him or God made us from him. So the second point I want to give you tonight is God made me like him. Say that with me. Say God made me like him. You're like God. I'm like God. We were made in his likeness. We were made in his image. Um, so we're trying to answer the question, what is God's greatest desire? And God makes a replica of himself. He makes a human being that's exactly like him, okay? And, and here's the thing in Genesis, if, if you really read it, Adam was perfect. There was no sin in the world. He never had an impure thought. He looked like God. He talked like God. He walked like God. He thought like God, Okay? at this point, and I want you to think about this. So Adam's just like God, but Adam has a desire inside of him. Adam has this desire we're gonna read about, okay? Let's go to Genesis 2.20. So he's perfect, he's just like God, and he has a desire inside of him. Okay, let's read it, Genesis 2.20. So it says, he gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, all the wild animals, but still, say that with me, but still there was no helper just right for him. That's important because God, God told, y'all know Adam named all the animals, right? Hippopotamus, lion, tiger, bear, giraffe. Then he got a little bit lazy, right? He started naming them cat, rat, bat, 
right? He just kind of got lazy, right? He got lazy with it. But he's the one that actually named all the animals. And, um, but it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy that it says, but still, there was no helper just right for him. Why would it mention that except the fact that he was looking for a helper, right? Except the fact that, that there was, there, he was looking for something more. He had a desire in him, right? So here's, here's what I could imagine happening at this time. I could imagine um, God saying, hey, hey, look, Adam, I, I created the, the universe in six days. I didn't have time to, to name the animals. Uh, would you go ahead and be able to do that for me? Go ahead and name the animals, Adam. And, um, and while you're at it, just go ahead and see if any of them catch your eye. And uh, if you, I don't know, you want to date one of them. All right. And so he's, he's there. He's naming them. He's, he's looking at them. And he, go, he goes and he sees, he sees uh, the giraffe. All right. He looks at the giraffe, the long neck, and nah, she'll be hard to kiss, right? <laughs> but, I mean, uh, she could get... She could reach way up in the trees, the high trees, right, that I can't reach at. But he's, nah, nah, she doesn't look too good to me. Then comes the, the hippopotamus, right, and she's kind of big, but, I mean, she, she would be warm, right, in winter, right? <laughs> but, or, or he just keeps looking, looking, and still there's no helper, right, found for him until God puts him to sleep, okay? And this is what happens. God puts him to sleep, and then the Bible says that when he wakes up, he sees this new animal, this new creature. And he goes, whoa, man. And that's how, that's how woman was named, right? Through that, through Adam's reaction, right? That's not in the Bible, but I, I, it should be in there. Um, but that's how Adam, that, that Adam saw Eve and he saw her figure. He saw her and looked at her. And, and not only that, she was naked, right? <laughs> and he was like, whoa, man. Now this, this, is, this is someone, right? This is someone that I would like to get to know. This is, the, this is the desire that I was looking for, right? But, but how did God know that, right? Even though God does know all, he knows everything. He's omniscient, like I said last week. But, but how, how did God know that that's what Adam's desire was? Because Adam could have came to God and said, God, you know what? This is all great and all, but I'm lonely. And that's why God did this. He gave him a helper who was just right for him. Um, but but he, here's God. He knows Adam's desires. Why didn't God give him a really cool car? Even though it was back in creation, right? Cars were nowhere even uh, near the way, or nowhere near existence then. But why didn't he, he, God could do anything. He could create anything. Why didn't he create him a cool car? Or why didn't he create him a, a, a TV with a remote, right? Us guys love just to chill on the TV and watch, Right? Just chill and watch TV, watch sports. Why, why didn't he do that for Adam? No, because uh, he knew the desire that Adam had inside of him for a companion, for a helper, for a bride, for someone to share his life with. How did he know that? Because God has that same desire. God, he was made just, Adam was made just like God, and God has that same desire. And, and you want to know what God's greatest desire is? I'm just going to go ahead and let the, the cat out of the bag right now. Uh, we're still going to go on with the message, all right? But I'm just going to go ahead and give it to y'all. God's greatest desire is you. 
God's greatest desire is you and me. Okay, think about this. God's going to give his son something, okay? He's going to give his son Jesus something. But what do you get somebody who already has everything? You give them someone to share it with. Someone to spend all of it with. A companion, a bride, right? And God, here's the thing, we're talking about relationship. God wants to share his life with you. God wants to, to know you. God wants you to know him. God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to spend time with you every single day. He's not far from you like we mentioned. He, he, he's not far away from us. He's, he's close to us. God wants to know you. And here's the thing. God designed you with a will. Okay? God designed you with a will because only a person with a will can love. Are y'all hearing me? Only a person with a will could love. He didn't make robots and he didn't program us to, to say, God, I, I love you with like a robot, right? Because why? It, it wouldn't have come from our hearts. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't have forced us to love him because forced love, no one wants to, to force someone to love them because that's not real love. That's not love at all. What, what if, uh, my, uh, Trelawney, what if I tied her up, all right, and said, you better love me for the rest of my life. I'm telling you, you better say it to me every day. I'm telling you, as soon as she gets out of the, those ropes, she'd be out of here, <laughs> right? Nobody wants to be forced and nobody wants to force you to love them. So he made us with a choice. He designed us to have a free will so we could choose to love him. Are y'all hearing me? So God made me like him, all right? And his greatest desire is you. And, um, and the third point I want to give you is God made me to love him. God made me to love him. He made you to love him. And, um, and you know how we talked about last week how the, the church is not a building, right? Even though we're, the, the church was shut down for, for a few months, but it was just the building that was shut down because we're the church, right? And wherever we go, that's where the church goes. So we're the church, and the Bible says that the church is the bride of Christ. Have you heard that before? The church is what we're the bride of Christ. And one day Jesus is gonna return for his bride and he's gonna return for us and we're gonna be without blemish. And we're gonna be white as snow and he's already made us like that. He's purified us. So God's greatest desire is you, to love you and to be loved by you. So, uh, What's a way that we could show him that we love him back? What's a way? Uh, one way that we could show him that we love him back is, uh, is worship. So a moment ago, we had a time of worship, right? Now, let me tell you something. We don't just have a time of worship because it's cool to have music in church, okay? We don't have, we don't have a time of worship because we have nothing else to do 
and it's just here to fill some time, right, for the service, just something else to do. No, we have a, a time of worship every single time we meet because it, it, it's an opportunity to connect with God. And that's what we're here for. You're not here to, to play around. You're not here to hear me speak. You're not here to hear anybody else speak. You're here to make a connection with God, with your creator, okay? And, and that, that's what worship is. It, it's, it's an expression of your love. In simple terms, it's an expression of your love to God. So um, whenever me and Trell express our love to each other, we tell each other, hey, I love you. I know something that she likes to hear is, hey, you're the only one for me. (laughs) There's no one else (laughs) in the world I'd rather be with, right? And what is that? That's, That's me expressing my love to her. And so whenever we come together corporately and worship, whenever you're in your quiet time with God, you're alone with God and you're praying to him, whenever you're in your car somewhere, that's an opportunity for you to worship him. Express your love to him. Say, God, you know what? You don't have to go crazy and start saying all this stuff. No, just, God, I love you. God, thank you. Thank you for everything that you are to me. Thank you for everything that you brought me out of. God, you know what? There's no one else I'd rather be with. God, you know what? You're the only one for me, right? And you could go ahead and and begin to express your love to God. That's what worship is, and it's nothing else. It's just you worshiping him, telling him how much you love him. And here's here's a good thing to remember. When we touch God's heart, he always touches us back. And you might think, hey, I didn't feel anything today. (laughs) I didn't get anything out of today's service. That's probably because you didn't give anything. Because God's a giver, and and he's a giver by nature. If you give him something, he's going to immediately give you something back. If you give him your heart, he's going to give you his heart. He already has. He's already given you his life. But if you touch his heart in worship, I guarantee you, 100% of the time, he's going to touch you back. So I want you all to get this. James 4, 8 says, come close to God and God will come close to you. That's a promise. That's a promise from God. Come close to God and God will come close to you. And this is why we're talking about relationship, okay? Religion's not gonna get you anywhere, all right? It's about relationship. And here's the thing about Christianity. Christianity, it's... um, it's it, it, Christianity, okay, or all the other religions out there, they're man's attempt to get to God. Do this, do that, don't touch this, don't touch that. All a bunch of man-made rules to get to God. But Christianity is God's attempt to get to man. Okay? That's why Jesus came down to this earth he died the death that he did. He, ro- he conquered the grave. He rose on the third day, and he, he's given us life because it's, it was his attempt to get to us. Are y'all hearing me? So that's why we're talking about relationship over religion because you could come to church every Sunday, every Tuesday night, whatever, whenever. Um, and you could come and hear me talk. You could come and hear the pastor's talk. 
and, and us telling you how much God loves you over and over. And it won't do anything for you. But let me tell you when it'll really change your life. Is when you come and you touch God's heart and you hear him say it for himself. That he loves you. That's when your heart will really change. That's when, that's when your life will really change is when you hear God say it from himself, telling you, I love you. I love you, my son. I love you, my daughter. Um, and I'm about to close right now, but um, so there, there's a, this theme phrase that goes all throughout the Bible. Okay, if you ever read the Bible, you're going to hear this theme phrase, and you may have heard it before, um, but a lot of people don't realize you don't realize how many times it's actually mentioned in the Bible. I don't know how many times I didn't count, but it mentions this phrase a lot, okay? And it's a theme all the way from beginning all the way on through. Um, it's a theme phrase, and you don't realize how much it's, you may not realize how much it's repeated in the Bible, but you could just hear God's heart through these, these words. And every single time, it, it's a prophet speaking God's words to his people. So uh, you don't have to go to these, any of these scriptures, you can just look up on the screen, but, um, or you don't even have to write them down, but later on in the podcast, you could go back and look at these scriptures and study them. But I want to read them to you, all right? And I'm going to go through them pretty fast, but I want you to get something from, from this, all right? Ezekiel 11:20. it says, So they will obey my decrees and regulations. Then they will truly be my people, and I will be their God. Ezekiel 14, 11. In this way, the people of Israel will learn not to stray from me, polluting themselves with sin. They will be my people, and I will be their God. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. Ezekiel 36, 28. And you will live in Israel, the land I gave your ancestors long ago. You will be my people, and I will be your God. Ezekiel 37, 23. They will never again pollute themselves with their idols and vile images and rebellion. For I will save them from their sinful apostasy. I will cleanse them. Then they will truly be my people and I will be their God. Ezekiel 37, 27. And I will make my home among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Hosea 2, 23. At that time, I will plant a crop of Israelites and raise them for myself. I will show love to those I called not loved, and to those I called not my people, I will say, now you are my people, and they will reply, you are our God. Zechariah 8.8, 8, I will bring them home again to live safely in Jerusalem. They will be my people, and I will be faithful and just toward them as their God. Zechariah 13.9, I will bring that group through the fire and make them pure, I will refine them like silver and purify them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, these are my people. And they will say, the Lord is our God. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 16. And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Hebrews 8.10, but this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Revelation 21.1-3, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride 
beautifully dressed for her husband. That's what we're talking about. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. Are y'all getting this? Did y'all get that theme? Do y'all know God's desire, his greatest desire? It's that you will be his, that you will love him the way he loves you. He wants a relationship with you. Are you guys hearing me? He wants a relationship with, with you. He wants you to know how much he's crazy about you. He's passionate about you. And he wants to tell you that himself. He wants a relationship with you. Amen. So at this moment, let's just, let's just bow our heads. Let's just, close, let's just close our eyes and let's just have a moment a moment tonight with God. And I know we're, we're here corporately together, but this is the time just to tune everything else out. Tune what's gonna happen next. Tune that out. Whoever's in this room, tune them out and have a moment alone with God. And just ask him tonight, say, say God, what are you speaking to me? God, what do you want me to know? And he, he, some of you, he's showing you his heart, the heart he has for you, the relationship that he wants with you. And just in your own words, just tell him, God, I love you. God, I need you. There's nowhere else I'd rather be than in your presence. God, my desire, my heart's desire is for you. Come on, just tell him in your own words, God, I, I love you. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, God. We worship you. God, for you're worthy, Lord. You're worthy to be praised, God. You're worthy to be worshiped, God. You're worthy of all the worship in the world, God. We need you, Jesus. We trust in you, God. Thank you, God. And at this moment, you could just keep your heads bowed. Just keep having your moment with God. But I do want to ask if there's anybody in here who, who does, does want to give their heart over to God. And maybe you have at one time or maybe you haven't, but right now you know that you're not close to God like you need to be. You know you, you haven't given your life over to him. And, and if there's anybody in here, everybody just with their heads bowed, closed, their eyes closed, just... Really quickly, if that's you, I want to pray, pray together corporately with all of us. But if that, that's anybody in here, you could just right there where you're at, you could lift your hand and say, that's me, Stephen. I want to give my life back over to God. I see your hand. I see your hands. Anybody else? Is there anybody? I see your hand. I want to give my life over to God. I see your hand. You could put it down. Anybody else in here? I want to give my life over to God for him to take control of my life. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. So right where you're at, we're all going to just repeat this prayer together. And those of you who, who raise your hand, just, just say it to God. Say it to Jesus. He's hearing you. He's hearing you right now. He's here in this place. God is everywhere, and he's here right with us. And he knows your heart. He hears your heart. 
So just say it right, with your, right where you're at, all of us together. Just say, Jesus, say, I need you. I need you to come into my life. I give my heart over to you. I give my life over to you. I ask you right now just to forgive me for every offense that I've committed against you, God, every sin. Say, Jesus, say, I know you came to die for my sins. You conquered the grave, you conquered death, and now you live. And I ask you to live in me from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me just pray over y'all guys. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for your word. I just pray, God, that, Lord, every word spoken today, God, everything that you are saying today, God, through this message, God, let it just pierce our hearts tonight. God, let us know. God, let us get the revelation of your love for us, Jesus. God, if there's anybody here who's, Lord God, who has been in disbelief or, or doubt, God, speak to them. Show them, God, how much you love them, God, how much you care for them. I pray, Holy Spirit, that even as people leave here and they go back into their cars and back into their homes, God, even wherever they go, God, that they're going to experience your presence, God, in a fresh and a new way, God. Because it's your presence that brings change to us, God, and we want to be more like you, God. We want to be more like you, Jesus. And we just pray, Lord, for the inner strength that your word says that you give us, God, the inner desire that you give us, Lord God, to do what is pleasing to you. God, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the message. If you'd like to stay up to date with what's happening at Limitless, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook at Hop Limitless. If you enjoyed the message today, please subscribe so that you'll always be in the know of our latest content. We'll catch you next time on the Limitless Podcast.